Proverbs 18.21 says this, The tongue has the power of life and death. Do you believe that? The tongue has the power of life and death. I believe it, not only because it's in God's word, but because, honestly, I wouldn't be up here as a pastor and as a preacher today if someone hadn't spoken words of life over me many years ago. See, when I was uh, in middle school, I felt called into ministry. Don't ever underestimate middle schoolers, okay, parents? When I was in middle school, I felt called into ministry, and through middle school and high school, I I felt pretty clear that that was God's path for me, to go into some kind of full-time ministry. I didn't know exactly what it looked like, but I was clear, I was confident, so I went through college, ended up in seminary. And it was in my second year of seminary that things began to get kind of fuzzy, I began to think, you know what, maybe God didn't call me. Maybe, maybe, maybe I misheard God and mistook God all these years. I, it just felt like the calling, I, I couldn't feel it anymore. And as you can imagine, when you know, you've been in school and you've been preparing for this, you're like, oh, oh, oh what now? Like, there was a lot of worry. There was a lot of anxiety, and it was like, well, okay, well, if I'm not doing this, what else am I going to do? And, and it, it was a very difficult season. And so I began to pray. I began to say, God, make it clear again. Like, I felt like you called me long ago. I I don't know what's going on. And I was praying prayers during that season where it felt like they were just bouncing off the ceiling. Have you ever prayed like that? Where it feels like they're just going up, but nothing's coming back. So I remember it was around Thanksgiving break about 10 years ago. Now I, I was praying and I was like, God, make it clear. God help me. Just those short desperate prayers because I wasn't sure which direction I needed to go in. And once again, I felt like I heard nothing, but after I prayed one day, I went and took a shower, came back, checked my email, and I I had this email in my inbox from uh, one of my seminary classmates, Daniel. He said, hey man, I was praying for you today and was reminded of a recent conversation that we had. You asked me what strengths and qualities I saw in you for ministry. If I remember the tone correctly, it sounded like you were doubting yourself a bit. That's whack. That's what he said. Anyway, I just want to remind you of some of your strengths that have been given to you through Jesus Christ. Jonathan, the greatest strength you have is your passion for Christ and the desire to see his name made known across the world. You aren't afraid to try new things with the risk of failure. You have a gift of relating and caring for people across many different boundaries. And he kept listing different stuff. I won't bore you with that. But then he said this. He said, you have been called and anointed for ministry. Therefore, you must do ministry and you can do ministry. Love you, dude. Daniel. Those were words of life. Those were words of life spoken over me that I have never forgotten that helped confirm that calling that God had placed upon my life once again at a time right when I needed it. And he didn't know I had been praying those desperate prayers right before he sent that email. Never forgot those words. But there are other words I haven't forgotten either. I remember when I was in middle school, I was what they called husky back then. 
I was very self-conscious, as most middle schoolers are. And I remember one day in, in gym class, a boy named Ronald, we were, I was running around the gym huffing and puffing, running laps, and I remember him calling me names, calling me fat, calling me a pig. Sometimes you don't forget those things. The tongue has the power of life and death. And Daniel is what, what I once heard called a, a balcony person, and Ronald is what I once heard called a basement person. There's kind of two different types of people in the world. There are balcony people. Those are, those are people who are, who are like standing on a balcony. They, they see above your circumstances. They're cheering you on. They're rooting for you. They're encouraging you. They're building you up. And then there are basement people, people who are just kind of dragging you down to where they are in the darkness. You know what I'm talking about? People who are discouragers, who are full of negativity and kind of want you down there with them. And this morning, you know, here, here's the thing. We can't always control whether people relate to us as a balcony person or a basement person. We can't, we can't always figure out what their goals are or desires are in our relationship. But we do have a level of control over what type of person we're going to be. Whether we're going to be a balcony person, someone who builds others up, or a, a basement person, somebody who drags others down. And so this morning, I want to talk with you about becoming a balcony person, someone who builds others up, someone who encourages others. And the last few weeks, we've been in this series called One Another, where we've been looking at the different biblical commands to love one another. We talked about who we are to one another. Next week, we're, we're going to talk about praying for one another. And this week, I want to talk with you about encouraging one another, because it is something that Scripture commands us to do over and over Again, 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 11, we read this. Therefore, encourage one another and build each other up, just as in fact you are doing. 1 Thessalonians 5, 14. We urge you, brothers and sisters, warn those who are idle and disruptive. Encourage the disheartened. Help the weak. Be patient with everyone. I want to invite you to read this from Hebrews chapter 10, 24 to 25. Will you read this with me? Let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day approaching. And the word in, in the Greek that's translated into English, encourage, it's this word, Parakaleo, which, which has this idea behind it of, of coming alongside of someone. Coming alongside of someone, building them up. And if you think about the word encourage, it's this idea of giving other people courage when they're going through difficult times. And when we look in Scripture, what we find is that, that God is the one who first gives courage to us. God is an encourager. 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, May our Lord Jesus Christ himself and God our Father, who loved us and by his grace gave us eternal encouragement and good hope, encourage your hearts and strengthen you in every good deed and word. God is an encourager. Jesus is an encourager. When Jesus walked the earth in his earthly ministry, he was constantly encouraging other people. Some of the people he encouraged the most were his disciples, the group of people who traveled with him. And one day, uh, we find in Scripture that they were going to be sent on a mini-mission trip. 
Any of y'all ever been on a mission trip? You know, it can be a little like, okay, what, what, what's coming? What's going to be next? And Jesus, he gave them the mission. He said, look, I want you to drive out demons, cleanse those who have leprosy, heal the sick, and raise the dead. How about that for a job description? You can imagine this, these former fishermen were kind of like, I, that, that, I don't know about all that, Jesus. Probably a little afraid. A little scared thing. We can't do that stuff. That's for you. That's not for us. But Jesus encouraged them. He said, do not be afraid. Do not be afraid. The Holy Spirit is going with you and will give you the words you need to say and the things you need to do. Jesus is an encourager. The Holy Spirit is an encourager. The Holy Spirit gives us courage. The Holy Spirit reminds us of who we are in Christ. And here's the thing. The Holy Spirit also wants to use you to encourage other people. The Holy Spirit wants to use me. The Holy Spirit wants to use us to encourage one another. And there are a few different opportunities I want to share with you this morning that I think people need encouragement in. And the first is that people need encouragement in difficult times. In difficult times. And there's one person in in the Bible I think embodies this better than most, and his name is Barnabas. And his name, if you're familiar, means son of encouragement. Barnabas is known throughout church history as an encourager. We first find him in the book of Acts, and the first thing we see him doing is he has a field. He sells some of his property, takes the money, gives it to the early church that didn't have a lot of funds so that they can use it for mission and ministry. I mean, I'm sure that was an encouragement for the local church his financial gifts. But then later we we find where where he really began to encourage other people. And one of the people he encouraged was a man named Saul, who you might also know as Paul. And Saul, if you're not familiar, grew up very educated, very zealous for the Jewish faith. And as a leader, he, in the early days of Christianity, oversaw the persecution of Christians. He wanted them gone. He wanted them destroyed. He watched people be dragged in the streets. Saul Stephen stoning. And then he had a miraculous encounter with God. And his life was transformed by God's grace. Everything in his life changed and God gave him a calling upon his life. He said, you are going to go and you're going to share good news, not just to the Jews, but to the Gentiles as well. And so when Paul got this calling, immediately he began to, to preach and teach to others. And, and you can imagine people's reactions. I mean, the Jewish people were like, hold up. Whose team are you on? Like you were just with us, you were just persecuting the Christians. Now you've switched teams and you can imagine the Christians, the Christians are like, Nah, I don't know about this dude. I don't know about this guy. Like, I'm not letting him in my house to preach. We're not going to invite him to our gathering because he's probably trying to infiltrate it. They didn't trust him because they knew the bad things that he had done. And so he was caught between a rock and a hard place with all of these groups. And that's where Barnabas comes in. Acts chapter 9, verse 26, we read this. When he, that is Paul, came to Jerusalem, he tried to join the disciples, but they were all afraid of him, not believing that he was really a disciple, right? That's fair enough. But Barnabas took him and brought him to the apostles. 
he told them how Saul on his journey had seen the Lord and that the Lord had spoken to him and how in Damascus he had preached fearlessly in the name of Jesus. So we see here Barnabas, he, he came alongside of Paul. He went with Paul to these leaders. He vouched for Paul. He put himself on the line and he said, look, this man has truly changed and he encouraged the church to accept him as a leader in the church. And so Saul or Paul stayed with them and moved about freely in Jerusalem, speaking boldly in the name of the Lord. He talked and debated with the Hellenistic Jews, but they tried to kill him. And when the believers learned of this, they took him down to Caesarea and sent him off to Tarsus. Within the church throughout Judea, Galilee, and Samaria enjoyed a time of peace and was strengthened. And living in the fear of the Lord and encouraged by the Holy Spirit, it increased in numbers. And this week I began thinking, you know, what, what, if, what if Barnabas hadn't encouraged Paul in that moment? What if Barnabas had just said, you know what, this is none of my business. Paul is in a tough situation. I'm going to let him figure that out. What, what if he had told Paul, hey, you know what, you just came to faith in Christ. I think you need a couple years of Bible college under your belt, and then you can go out and do something good for the kingdom. What if he hadn't have come alongside of him, encouraged him in his young faith, and vouched for him for the early church? I mean, would the gospel have spread so quickly and so widely? I don't think so. God used Barnabas as an encourager for Paul in the midst of, of a difficult time. And God wants to use us to encourage others in the midst of their difficult times, to build them up, to encourage them, to speak words of life over them. But a lot of times what happens is we think, you know what, somebody else is encouraging them. So they're, they're pro they, they seem encouraged. They're probably good to go. Or we're just too busy with our own lives that we don't see it. Or we think, you know what, I'm pretty discouraged myself. How am I going to give encouragement to someone else? Or I don't know what to say. It's kind of awkward to give encouraging words to someone. A lot of times we don't encourage people for a number of different reasons. But this morning, I want to encourage you. I want to challenge you to lean in. To encourage one another because you never know the lasting impact it might have. Barnabas didn't know in that moment the lasting impact that his encouragement for Paul was going to have. And if I can share my heart with you this morning, when we think about people going through difficult times, right now people are going through difficult times. The last few years have been difficult for teachers, for nurses, for small business owners, for pastors for parents, for children, for students. Look, I could literally name every category of people and it would still ring true. And in this room this morning, I would say are under-encouraged. And God is calling us to encourage one another, to speak words of life to one another in the midst of the difficult times that we are all going through in our own ways, often unspoken. So that's the first area of opportunity I think we have to encourage others is in difficult times. And the second is this, it's in the midst of discipleship. We need to encourage others 
in discipleship. We talked about this a couple of weeks ago that we were all created for community. And the truth is that we all grow as disciples best in community with other people. And Hebrews chapter 3, verse 12 names a problem that has the possibility of overtaking all of us. We read this. See to it, brothers and sisters, that none of you has a sinful, unbelieving heart that turns away from the living God. None of us want to end up in that place. None of us want a sinful, unbelieving heart that turns away from the living God. That's the problem, but he names the solution. He says, but encourage one another. Encourage one another. He's saying, look, if you want to move away from sin and move towards sanctification and salvation, gather with other people and encourage one another. If you want to move away from Satan and his schemes and move towards God, gather with other people, encourage one another. If you want to grow as a disciple of Jesus Christ, grow in faith, grow in hope, grow in love, gather with others and encourage one another. And I heard somebody say this this week, you don't find in scripture, you know, saying, hey, encourage yourself. Because it's very hard to encourage ourselves. It's very hard to wake up and think, okay, I can do it today. It's a lot easier when someone else speaks those words of encouragement to us. Encourage one another. That's one of the reasons why we, we push these connect groups so much. Because on Sunday morning, a lot of times in here, people, you're shoulder to shoulder, you're in circles. You have the chance to hear about other people's lives, to know their struggle, and to encourage them and love them and serve them in very specific ways. And so in these connect groups, what happens is that there, there's time together. There's trust that is built. And when you have time and trust in the Holy Spirit at work, it equals transformation. We are encouraged in discipleship with other people. And I can say this as a pastor, it hasn't been all these amazing sermons that have changed my life. It's been people like Daniel. Daniel, who I gathered with on a weekly basis, where we encouraged one another to move away from sin and death and to move towards Jesus and life. We're called to encourage one another in discipleship and pursuing Jesus, speaking the truth to one another. And if we keep reading in that, that Hebrews chapter three verse, we read this. See to it, brothers and sisters, that none of you has a sinful, unbelieving heart that turns away from the living God, but encourage one another daily as long as it is called today so that none of you may be hardened by sin's deceitfulness. We're called to encourage one another in difficult times in discipleship, and we're called to encourage one another daily as long as it's called today. And do you know what today is? Daily. Today is today. <laughs> and you know what that means? We need to encourage one another because it's called today. Encouragement isn't just something for a special time of the week, a special season of life. Encouragement isn't something that, that people with the spiritual gift of encouragement that only they should do, or if it comes naturally for you, then you should do it. No, encouragement is something we're all called to do, and we're all called to do it daily. And, and the writer of Hebrews here is, is saying encourage one another, not just to, to stroke their egos or to kind of like build people's self-esteem. We're called to encourage one another to build them into Christ-likeness. Because when we encourage someone, what we're doing is we're noticing and naming the ways that God has created them. 
We're noticing and naming the ways that God has gifted them. We're noticing and naming the ways that God is with them, the ways that God is for them, the ways that God wants to use them. And when we're doing that, when we're encouraging other people and noticing and naming all these things that God is doing in their life, we're pointing them to God and away from sin. We're called to encourage one another. And so the question for you this morning is who can you encourage today? Who can you encourage today? Maybe during the sermon, the the Holy Spirit is giving you a name in your mind and you already know who it is. Maybe, Maybe you don't know. Maybe you think, you know, it's super awkward to just encourage someone randomly. I've never seen someone be mad at encouragement. It might be a phone call. It might be a phone call to an old friend and just to encourage them and say, how are you doing? God put me, put you on my heart this morning. It might be a text message. It might be writing someone a letter. Last week I got a message on Facebook. It was someone I hadn't talked to in 20 years. I met him on a mission trip when I was in ninth grade in England. And he messaged me. He said, hey, we're kind of on lockdown here. My family and I tuned into Harvest Point's online worship this week. We were blessed. What an encouragement. It should be an encouragement for you. Maybe, maybe it's giving someone a gift. Maybe it's babysitting for someone. Maybe it's, it's serving someone. Like there are so many ways we can encourage one another. Encouragement looks like a lot of different things. But what you, want you to realize this morning is that encouragement can have a lasting impact, even if you never know the impact it has. So who can you encourage today? And I'm gonna go first. Bill, Bill Cohn's up in the tech booth. Where you at, Bill? Here he is. Bill, come on up on stage. I'm going to encourage Bill this morning. Some of y'all know Bill. Some of you don't. You might not because he's usually out of sight. He's usually up in the tech booth or in a closet somewhere fixing something. Bill and his wife, Doherty, have been a part of the church since before I got here. Uh, he helps lead the tech team, makes sure... Everything's working. What, recently you came up here at 3.30 to check, check a door when the alarm went off? Yeah, well, I live close by. So. He lives close by, so 3.30 in the morning, you know, it's not much to do. <laughs> Gets our internet fixed up here whenever there's a special event. He's helping host it because Bill loves to see children know Jesus Christ. He loves to use our facilities to help others know Jesus Christ. Bill has a servant's heart, and I told you this the other day in private, but I wanted to do it publicly to honor you. Bill has a servant's heart. He is sold out, and I just want to encourage you today, and Bill told me recently that he's moving. He told me he's moving, and I was like, no, (laughs) and he said, no, 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 I'm not moving that far. I said, okay, good. And he said, I'm moving in the next couple years and the place I'm moving is close by because I wanted to be near the church.
So, Bill, we just want to encourage you this morning. Thank you. I appreciate it. I, I, I could bring lots of people up here, but I wanted to show you it just starts with one person. Do for one what you wish you could do for everyone. I don't want to put you on the spot. You want to say anything? No, I think you said pretty much <laughs> <laughs> So, thank you, Bill. Thank you. Thank you. And, um, yeah. RTB lights. You know, you could list so many things. And if you think about people in this room, there are so many ways we can encourage one another. It's noticing and naming how God is at work in someone's life. And even if you don't know someone well, you can still seek to encourage them. It's an encouragement for people just to get to know their names and let them know they have a place here and we want to help them connect and grow. So this morning, we want to remember, encourage one another. Who can you encourage today? Because the tongue has the power of life and death. So would you pray with me? God, we thank you that you are an encourager to us. That you send your Holy Spirit into our lives to come alongside of us and to build us up that you give us spiritual gifts, that you give us talents. God, we thank you that you've given us life and that you speak words of life over us. And God, this morning, we pray that you would help us reflect your image to all people we encounter, that we might encourage others and speak words of life. God, if if we have fear that something's gonna be awkward or we won't know what to say, God, give us courage. Put people in our paths who need encouragement. Give us the words to say. Because we know today is today. And we need to encourage others. We ask this in Christ's name. Amen.